hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me is my comrade, my sidekick in comic book crime. It's Matt, everyone. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, can't complain. I was yawning a hell of a lot before we started, <laughs> not because I'm bored or anything, but because, and this is a 100% true, legit story, I'm cleaning out my freezer right now and trying to eat everything I can in there before I go and buy new stuff, because I want to start mm-hmm. keto again next month and, you know, get back uh, get back to my pre-quarantine weight, and uh, I found some frozen quesadillas in the back of the freezer <laughs> that I hadn't eaten in a long time, and I'm like, huh, I don't even remember when these are here last. I'm sure they're fine. And while I did not get sick after I ate them, I did have probably some of the worst, most vivid nightmares I've had in the longest time. <laughs> you had the meat sweat, meat sweat nightmares. It was, I cannot explain it. I was up at four. I was up at five. I was up at six. And then this morning when I woke up, I just had the worst splitting fear-induced headache. And I felt like I was still in a dream. It's been, it's been a really weird day for me. It really has. <laughs> like, I keep expecting that I'm going to wake up again and that, like, all of this is a dream. Like, I'm having that real pinch-me thing. And I've tried, you know, uh, Tylenol. I tried pouring a bunch of caffeine down my throat and just, just nothing's working yet. <laughs> It, it was like, yeah, it's like your body got like just, 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 just like a sniff of food poisoning. Just, just yeah, a sniff. Really. Just, didn't just a didn't take bit. the whole thing, just a little bit. <laughs> or this is my like body trying to pay me back for doing something so stupid where it's like, look, we're not going to make you sick, but we are going to like horrify you mentally for a little bit. <laughs> gonna fuck you up that the way nightmare bro. quesadillas <laughs> the nightmare case man that's uh that's a new thing from taco bell isn't it the nightmare quesadillas <laughs> for halloween we fill it with uncut terror <laughs> yep yep <laughs> we put that shit in it that uh we put in malaria medicine that gives you really really vivid fucked up dreams <laughs> That's a real thing, actually. If you ever take like mm-hmm. malaria medication, that's like one of the side effects is really fucked up dreams. Yeah, they they played with that idea in uh, was it Far Cry Two? Oh yeah, that's right, they did. I forgot about that. Good call. Uh, so how's your week been, Matt? Hopefully uh, less nightmares than mine. Less nightmares than yours. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been going pretty good. Um, much like how you're still waiting on your Gundam to come in to build it, I've been building yes. more Gundams as well. Nice. Um, I've got them all sort of lined up on my shelf behind me. Sweet. Um, that's not all of them though. I've still got like heaps more heaps of boxes to go. Oh, naturally. I, uh, <laughs> I, I got my toolkit. My special tools came in the mail. They're on the kitchen table right now. I got the little snips for all the little parts that you need. I got mm-hmm. the exacto knife for cutting it out. And mm-hmm. I got the, uh, what is it? All the different, uh, sandpaper files. So I'll be sure to keep everyone up to date on that in fact i do want to film my first build there and uh a learn the fast forward uh feature on my editing software and i'll put <laughs> that up on patreon for everyone joel builds his first gundam when, when you get used to it you've got to you've got to go buy yourself some of the the cement stuff so you can like mm. properly like make the parts look like they're all one single part and not like right. cut up that that cement stuff is is some mean shit that it it because you you gotta like the 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 way I've done it is like the runner that the the parts come in, mm. you you cut them up and you put them in a container and you pour a little bit of the cement on it and it'll it'll mix it into like a glue that's the same color as the part. Oh, that's good. But goddamn, it 
it literally just like eats through the runner like instantly <laughs> i had like awesome. a i had like a, a special stirrer that i used right. for stuff and it ate through the stirrer <laughs> matt is so deep into gundam right now he's on that next level cement shit i'm just trying to figure <laughs> it all out for the first time and matt's like let me let me show you the secret techniques the black oh, it's, belt it's so techniques. fun next you you, you got to get yourself some gundam pens some gundam markers so you can color yeah, okay, in and everything Thank you. Yes. Explain the markers and pens to me because everyone keeps trying to upsell me on that and I don't quite know what they're for yet. Well, they're like, they're just, they're like paints. They're like paints right. that come in a pen. They have like a little, like a little shaker thingy in them, like a, like a spray can. And, it's and just they them look nicer. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you can get them in all different colors. I got a bunch of like metallic colors. So it has that like mm. metallic sheen. It looks really nice. And right. then you've got like the pens that you can use for, detailing so like all the the black or gray ones that you can use to fill in all the little like gaps and everything make it look nice i uh, i did actually go back and i did watch those three uh gundam compilation movies that make up like all Mm -hmm. the mobile suit Mm -hmm. man amuro as far as anime heroes go he gets the shit knocked out of him a lot his his friends keep slapping him and everything (laughs) his mother dies his father goes crazy i'm like wow this dude is not like uh like what that thing like uh what do they call it a uh a a heroic power fantasy (laughs) no no not at all like there's some real like war is hell shit in there and i'm like ah this is this is the thing i feel some people miss about gundam probably right they're like oh we're just here for the cool robot fights not the like wow being a gundam pilot literally ruined this poor motherfucker's life yeah that's like i watched was it i think it was the series after that the one with the 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 alex gundam in it and it's like it's it's like the opposite where it's like the opposite side of the war it's like oh Mm. there's no like no side is like better than the other they're they're both like pieces of shit right although i mean zeon does have the whole zig zeon see it's like ah okay <laughs> space nazis <laughs> and like the guy's dad even like uh what is it uh refers to him uh what is it compares him to hitler and yeah. that doesn't bother him at all <laughs> space nazis in the future that'll never happen says the guy in 2020 <laughs> space force <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's how my week's been. Uh, ooh, I finished uh, that show Ted Lasso. Have you checked that out yet? I have. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. Man, talk about a feet just a feel good comedy show. That show was pleasant, and I so rarely use the word pleasant to describe stuff. But what a pleasant viewing experience! And mm-hmm. holy shit, Jason Sudeikis. We always knew he was funny, but fuck me, he actually gets to act his ass off in that show. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a great actor, and it's even better because they. They announced it's getting a season two, but it's also getting a season three because it's so damn popular. So big on Apple. I mean, what what it did for me is like when all the comedians I follow on Twitter started talking about it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll check this out, even though I was a little reticent at first because I I don't know sports comedy. I don't know if I'll like this. But no, even if you don't like sports, you'll really enjoy this. In fact, the sports are a very small part of it. And even (laughs) if you don't get British Premier League football, even better because the joke is Ted Lasso doesn't get any of these things either. (laughs) In fact, it will only help you. Holy shit, that actress who plays uh, Keely in that show, she was like in Maleficent and a couple other Mm -hmm. things. She's really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. She's got, like, amazing comedic timing and just, yeah, that, that show's great, everyone. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso, go check that one out. It's really, really good if you need a feel-good show. Absolutely. Uh, so, should we get to the news for this week, Matt? Yeah, let's. 
All right, so we don't got a lot of news this week, but what we do got, I'm sure, will spark some very good conversation, both with us here in the show and in the comments section. Uh, the first and biggest piece of news, you probably saw this on Twitter already, but uh, DC has finally promoted a brand new editor-in-chief, and that person is Marie Javins, Javins, I'm not quite sure how that's pronounced, but uh, yes, she's uh, going to be running the show now as the official editor-in-chief to a company that has not had an official editor-in-chief for a while. They were just kind of like, meh, we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, and um, given her record, I can't think of anyone better. She she is, she, she's not like, what's it WB that was doing something with like esports people yes. promoting? Yeah, she's, she's not nothing like that. She's someone who's no. actually been in comics. She was the editor on Justice League, Superman Smashes mm. the Clan, Death yeah. Metal... A bunch of Harley Quinn books, all all sorts of stuff. So she's she's been working with the company for almost ten years. And before that, she actually has a very impressive resume with Marvel, which is how she actually broke in mm -hmm. uh, to comics. She was Mark Grunwald's assistant, basically back when he was editor. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty goddamn impressive. And then also, uh, apparently, one of the other side things she did is that she like traveled the world for a little bit and was an editor over for the 99 initiative. Do you remember what the 99 initiative was? Vaguely. This was Teshkel Comics. This was like a bunch of American comic creators coming together and trying to basically launch a brand new imprint for the Middle East. I think the company was like based in Kuwait and everything. So this lady has a lot of international experience and a lot of experience with emerging markets, which I think is exactly what uh, Warner Brothers and their new AT&T masters probably want. Absolutely, absolutely. And now with someone... I guess kind of like shepherding DC, I guess they'll probably be a bit more focused going into 2021. Yeah, that's definitely the hope. Uh, this news, too, also comes on the heel of, well, I call it news, but it's not fucking news because they were doing it anyway. There was an article that made the rounds. I'm sure you saw it, Matt. I'm sure people tweeted it in your direction. It's like, oh, you know, uh, DC going to be moving away from, you know, one solid continuity and, you know, going to be doing more Elseworld story. And in the back of my mind, all I could think is like, it's already fucking happening. Yeah, it's, it's been like that fucking ages. <laughs> yeah, have you not paid attention? Let's look at some of the books that are out there right now. Deceased in its own special continuity. Uh, the Murphy verse with White Knight and the Harley Quinn thing in its own universe. Three Jokers, basically its own universe. Death Metal, not really touching anything else, basically in the own Snyder universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing at DC has really connected for like the last two years, but yeah, sure, let's uh, let's be chicken littles and talk about the sky falling now. <laughs> Guys, you don't gotta worry about it, we're already here, let's just go do more of it. <laughs> And in fact, another story we're going to talk about later probably ties into this uh, a lot more. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, this does mark a new and interesting direction for uh, DC uh, moving forward. Because I think it's very clear to you and me, and we had talked about this a lot, that they needed some new blood, that they had seriously stagnated. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what she has planned mm -hmm. for for um, DC and all these books going forward and... Oh, especially after um, Future State in January. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because that's the big thing where it's like, okay, you're doing Future State anyway, and a lot of your AAA talent is not involved in Future State. I hope that means you're taking those two months off to work on something else and something bigger, and what will that something that, else be? That's what it feels like. That Yeah, they've got all their AAA creators writing something for once Future State ends. 
you would certainly hope that's the way they're going for what what would you like to see matt moving forward and people in the chat too what what would you like to see um i'd like to see a different different justice league than what we've got usually like mm. different more like a, it's called justice league but it doesn't have batman or superman or wonder woman yeah. or anything it's newer characters or like, like different that. iterations of characters that's a good idea, yeah. Shake up the Justice League. It doesn't always have to be Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash. It doesn't always have to be the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I like mean, to. I'd like to also see a return to like a Team Green Lantern book. Mm, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's definitely something that we need to see, especially after Death Metal, where they've tried so hard to shine a light on all these different Green Lanterns, and if that show is coming the way they say it is, and that's going to be a team show then, yeah, it makes sense that they have something akin to a Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd want to see a Green Arrow book. I would very much like <laughs> to see a Green Arrow book, although I'm kind of getting my wish because one of those big, uh, what is it, The Last 52 or whatever, one mm-hmm. of those big anthology stories, not only am I getting a Black Canary Green Arrow story, but it's written by Gail Simone, so literally <laughs> it's like someone read my dream journal. <laughs> I'm also saying everyone go and buy two copies of that book and be sure to fill social media and say that this is definitely what you want. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would like that a whole lot. Something with Green Arrow up. Man, I'd like to see, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen, but I'd like to see more Tom Taylor on Suicide Squad. I'm sure he's going to be doing something, but just maybe not that. Yeah, seriously. Again, that book needed needed more. It needed it really, more. It really did. Although apparently we're getting a Marvel Tom Taylor piece in Dark Ages, so I mean it's not like yeah. we're not gonna get uh, our full of Tom Taylor moving forward. <laughs> Dude's still one of the hottest commodities on the market right now. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I guess moving on from there to another DC news story, and uh, again this kind of dovetails of what we're talking about is stuff we want to see in 2021. Apparently, uh, it's been rumored that James Tynan will actually be getting a second Batman title as of 2021. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I think people really love his Batman stuff, and I guess sales have proved it. And yeah, I, I'm more than happy to have him do another Batman book. Same. This also comes uh, after a similar uh, rumor uh, that Tynan has mentioned that he would actually love to work with uh, Bluebird. And uh, oh god, what was the other character he created? Uh, oh god, damn! I've drawing a blank here oh god my balls are out on stream my balls are out on stream i don't know what i'm talking about holy shit uh, basically the characters he worked with with the uh, in detective comics when he wrote mm-hmm. that basically said he'd like to work with them again so i wonder if this next new batman book he's going to be writing either will be a bluebird solo series or potentially a continuation of what he did in detective comics which would be fucking dope yeah i think that would be pretty cool I, now was he the one who wrote that story about um stephanie and cassandra becoming bat people again no he didn't write that oh, okay because i could see him maybe continuing that along because that really yeah. hasn't gotten a lot of play lately no and but yet it is still very much canon usually because yeah. you think meh it was in an anthology story throw away no batgirl mentions it again in mm-hmm the new uh, Batman book, and she seems to be staying Oracle at the end of her series, so holy yeah. shit, yeah, we might actually get a Bat-Girls series. Mm-hmm. Which would be fine by me, because I know there's so many, and I would just kind of like, you know, all the Batgirl fans to be happy, to be like, okay, here's a book that stars all of them, and they kind of trade off every arc or something. Yeah, yeah. 
that would definitely be nice. Also, too, there's a lot of stuff hanging from uh, Tynan's Detective Comics that never got wrapped up again, like Clayface. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen Clayface in a long time. No, not in anything canon. Yeah, Clayface, Dr. October, uh, there was a lot of stuff from that book. Uh, that never kind of got dealt with again. Shit, I would like to see a Batman and Robin book again, and uh, now that it looks like Tim Drake is going to stay Robin, and obviously James Tynan fucking loves Tim Drake, and that's his favorite mm-hmm. Robin. Imagine if he got to write the Batman and Robin book with Tim Drake again. That'd be really damn cool. I mean, that there was, was kind of hints at it as well in... Was it... La- it wasn't the, the this week's Batman issue. Was it last week's where we got that double-page spread of Batman and Robin? Yeah, that's and he's, right. And yes. Batman, like, reminiscing about uh, days gone. The old times. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's closer to being a real thing than it ever has been. Yeah. So, don't be shocked if that ends up becoming the new thing. And also, I know things you and I say here on this show, Matt, tend to happen. So, if it does become a Batman and Robin book, y'all, y'all owe us a Coke. <laughs> We're owed reparations for that book. Absolutely. But we'll just take a Coke. Because <laughs> we, we wished it into the universe and it happened. Uh, all right, what else do we got going on here? Oh, so here's something we don't normally talk about on the show, but I just thought this was interesting and because it's coming out next week. I figured it would be a good place to have a conversation. Apparently, Kick-Ass versus Hit-Girl is going to be a book now. Yeah, and uh, this led me down the rabbit hole of like, oh, they, they did like so many like really solo did. series and like spin-offs and everything. They're like, holy crap. And Hit Girl has more than Kick-Ass now because she actually mm-hmm. had a long stint there where there was like celebrity writers coming in and doing mm-hmm. a different arc with her in a different city. So like Jeff Lemire did Hit Girl Goes to Toronto and mm-hmm. like Kevin Smith wrote a run. And like apparently in the last Kick-Ass series, someone else became Kick-Ass. It wasn't Dave Luzinski anymore. It's a woman now, I think. Wow, which is really interesting. I'm like, oh, so this is setting up the big fight between them. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of clever, yeah. Apparently there is so much more kick-ass story that kept going after the movie stopped. And hilariously, I went back and rewatched the first two movies because they're both on Netflix. Yeah, well, I think, like, all those Hit Girl books kind of spun out of, like, the second movie, like, her popularity. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, because I think that was around the time when they started, when they're like, oh, there's a new Hit Girl series, first time and since the original and all that sort of stuff. It's a very cool concept, and I think it's one of those things, too, that, like, it got better when Millar was, like, less involved. Yeah, yeah, you know, when new creators could come in and give new voices to these characters. Yeah, when it's like, this is a very cool concept, let's see what other people got going on with it. And, yeah, apparently it's still going strong, and this book comes out this week for anyone who's interested, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like, damn, if I didn't have all this superhero work, and if we still weren't doing X of Swords, I would kind of want to go and <laughs> check this out. Yeah, this well, I'd, I'd feel... I'd feel that like I'd be too far behind since all these other series. I imagine it takes off from them. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Seems like yeah. there's a lot going on. Man, it's a shame they never did another movie. And I know they kind of complain like too much piracy was the reason that like they never got to do a third Kick-Ass movie. And like now, Chloe Grace Moretz is like too old and too famous now. I'm surprised that like someone like Netflix or Amazon never bought the rights to it. Yeah. Or like because like isn't like doesn't like uh, Mark Millar nowadays just like writes books 
like like no when they become that he gets a netflix deal and he writes a comic to it so they can say it's based on a comic well didn't netflix have like a whole malar verse thing they were going to be doing i'm assuming that got slowed down because of the virus and everything but yeah didn't they buy like a bunch of his stories to turn into stuff they did they've turned um jupiter ascending into one that's actually Mm. been filmed and everything i don't know i have no idea when that's supposed to come out um knows anymore but yeah yeah but there was there was like a point where like like the first issue like i think it was i think it was chrononauts the first issue came out and like literally like like a couple of days before the issue it was actually released they announced that they've bought it bought the rights and it's gonna start making a film like you haven't even seen if this comic's popular or anything <laughs> yet so he's, he's like writing the comics for the for the companies basically <laughs> Proof of concept, close enough. Man, you know, <laughs> we're talking about, like, Millar stuff. It's funny they didn't do anything with. Now I think would actually be the time to go back and do Wanted again as a TV show, all of the boys, but actually keep it more, like, true to the original comic work, where it's like, no, 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 they're not assassins. They are supervillains, and yes, they look the part and have funny code names. Yeah, not not as edgy as that film was. No. Well, the comic is much edgier than yeah. the movie is. Again, the movie actually cleans it up, as is often the case. <laughs> but we should still have fat Chris Pratt in it, though. Yeah. Is what we need. He needs to come back for a cameo. I think we would definitely like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I thought that was some interesting little side stuff there. And Hey, uh, keeping up uh, with this new stuff coming to the world of comics and the world of comics and movies uh, crossing over. Before we even started, uh, C.B. Sagluski. Uh, put out a rather interesting piece of art for the upcoming Predator comic. And again, it's only art so far, but look at that. Look at that art. Look at that freaking art. It's Dan Qu- Who's the artist? Because like, it looks very familiar. I don't know. Is that Pepe Larza, maybe? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was him. Because if it's good in Marvel, it's probably fucking Pepe Larza. <laughs> yeah, he's doing everything these days. Does it does it melt your eyes with its beauty? It's probably one of his. You're probably close <laughs> enough. But uh, yeah, no no creative team, no release date. CB Saglusi's just like, yo, look at this fucking art. <laughs> and I'm all for it. That looks it's so. I, I it was inevitable. It was going to happen. Uh, I'm just surprised it's happening so soon because they they literally just got these properties. Yeah. Oh, it's the guy who does Venom, apparently. Okay, yeah, that oh, makes okay, sense. okay, yeah. Venom, also a pretty good-looking book. Does that mean Donny Cates is going to be writing it? Because <laughs> oh, it's please. his artist. <laughs> please. How how does the Predator fit into the meta story that all of Donny Cates' books have been telling about Thanos winning at the end of the world? They're a race that that null... Nulls uh, uh. Null, nulls um on on his way through in in that web of venom book. One of the planets was the the predator, predator planet, world. and um and the predators come to Earth for revenge. I like <laughs> and that's it. how that's and that's fine. how they end up fighting Venom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like it? I'm fine with it. That's all cool. I can dig it. So does uh, that mean since we get predators, we're gonna get aliens soon? I mean, assumedly, yeah, it's like, w- w- how did they decide which one they were going to lead with? Are both going to come out at the same time? Mm-hmm. Or do they Is not one going to lead into the yellow? Oh, shit, yeah, I mean, ultimate hunter, ultimate prey. Is that the big thing at the end of the Predator story? Oh, fuck, Xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. Also, does that mean it's just one of each, or is it the whole planets of each? Again, our imaginations go wild with what this could potentially mean. Is it in canon? Is it out canon? Is it like Conan, where it is yeah, technically in canon? 
I feel it's probably going to be like Conan and Ultraman, and that is, look, here, read these stories that are put out by Marvel, but they exist in their own world with their own special rules still intact, but for a big crossover or for what-if story, we'll let them come and hang out here in this universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a pretty good way to do it, and I'm assuming the deal is similar to Ultraman and Conan, and that is they still have to appease the rights holders mm-hmm. for these things, and that is they have to clear everything by them and make sure it's okay, and assumedly if it makes money and people are happy, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll just let them do whatever they want. And again, I have unique insight into that because I talked to Jim Zub on this very show and he actually said, yeah, you know, the Conan people were just over the frickin' moon with everything Marvel was doing. And they're like, yeah, have them cross over. Yeah, have them do that. Why not? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I don't think Conan was really doing much else. So. No, not really. Uh, Marvel DC fan Xenomorphs on Krakoa. They kind of did that with the brood, but also wouldn't it be something be like, no, the Predator is actually one of the dimensions in Otherworld and he follows oh, the yes. X-Men back. <laughs> He That's sees the them twist. sword fight and realizes, oh, these are pretty worthy champions. I like it. I'm going to go there and I'm going to fight the shit out of them now. And I'm going <laughs> to blow up everything when I die. Fucking great. Also, does this mean Dutch can be a character too? Can Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> make his Marvel debut? Can we have Dutch? Can we have Danny Glover's character? Please. Adrian Brody's character? Everybody. Uh, Gary Busey. Oh. Not his character, just Gary Busey. Just Gary Busey as himself. <laughs> and everyone, crazy Gary Busey. Everyone from Predator, so we can have Danny Trejo, and we can have uh, Eric Foreman, mm-hmm. who's also in that movie. Yeah, that cool Yakuza guy. Yeah, that dude's awesome. He's the new leader of the hand in Daredevil, you didn't know it. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, then you can have Dutch versus Conan, Cyborg Soldier's absolutely yes. right, so you can have Arnold versus Arnold. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Everything about this is great. Everything's going to be okay in 2021, everybody. <laughs> it's all working out at the end. But, uh, yeah, there's your taste of Predator, everyone. I'm sure we're going to be talking more about that in the future. Absolutely. Now, to kind of dovetail our stories and bring it all together, uh, another big unexpected piece of news this week is that apparently DC Future State and the Generations event are no longer connected, even though Mm -hmm. they totally were connected originally, which, again, people fought us on that, where it's like, no, Future State is totally different. No, it's not. It's 5G. It absolutely is the same thing. Now they're not anymore. Now they've changed just enough. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they actually have changed, because all of these stories have been written already. Mm-hmm. So they would have to go back and obviously rewrite some stuff. And it it depends on... Because Dan Jurgens, who was interviewed about this, was really vague on it. Yes. Because he says they touch on it, but it doesn't go in. So do they still reference it or something? Again, my theory, and until proven wrong, this will be my headcanon, this will be my fanon moving forward. Generations was supposed to be, you know, a combination of, you know, a bunch of stuff from the past, and then, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Future State, or, you know, whatever you want to call that, that was going to be a bunch of stories they'd tell in the future, and then they'd have all the stories that were kind of happening now, so you'd have three timelines all happening at once, and that was going to be DC's idea to let you pick and choose, and, you know, Generations mm-hmm. would probably have set up what would have happened in the future, so on and so forth, but now that's just not going to happen, so this is probably going to be a one and done type of thing yeah both books still spin out of death metal though somehow some way 
Yeah. So, well, yeah, I think we're just going to get, like, at the end of Death Metal, a universe reset, since that's the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. plot with them Definitely. resetting the universe. We're going to get universe reset, and we're going to get hints at generations, and then the future. De- Death Metal 2 will also weirdly uh, be including the Wonder Woman as the first hero on the mm-hmm. JSA stuff. That they made a big deal about, then did nothing with. Well, they've had sprinkles every now and then um, throughout the books and everything. Sprinkles with her in like um, the JSA in World War Two and all that sort of stuff. But no one else is talking about it, especially not yeah. in the Wonder Woman book right now. So none of it no. actually means anything anymore. Because we <laughs> did that to promote the Wonder Woman movie, and now the Wonder Woman movie still isn't releasing. So yeah. well, they actually they actually just canceled a bunch of Wonder Woman eight, 1984 um, variants, yeah, uh, variants, and they're going to repurpose them some for something next year for whenever the movie actually gets to come out, which is hopefully soon. Yeah. Just bite the bullet and let me fucking buy it on video on demand. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think I think um, Mulan kind of spoiled that for everyone. I think it did. And again, Mulan, by all account, wasn't a failure. It just didn't make the money they wanted for all the work they no. put in it, which, as far as Hollywood is concerned, that might as well be a failure because, like, no, we don't just want some of the money. We want all the money. We want all our money back plus more. Which says a lot about the sad state of filmmaking, where it's like, no, we make these movies to break a billion dollars worldwide. If we don't break a billion dollars, then we can't keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't make a billion. It has to make a billion. If it doesn't make a billion, we'll be seen as failures, even though it's like, but that's still a lot of money, though. Yeah, but look how much money we put into it for promotion and everything else. Gotta make a billion. But it, I, I, again, it's, it's movies shouldn't be as bloated as they are. No, probably like five hundred million dollars to like make a a, blo- a blockbuster movie now, and that inc- that's including marketing and stuff. That's that's ridiculous. It really, really is, and that's why it is kind of fun though when you see smaller movies actually break on through and become mm-hmm. massive hits. Like again, John Wick became a huge, massive franchise, mm-hmm. cheap ass movie. Yeah. And yet it became a huge, massive thing, and then, you know, they kept putting more money on it later on, but it's always fun. Even that It horror movie there became a huge, big deal. And again, I'll also mention, too, fucking Venom became a huge deal. I was just about deal. to say, Venom, yeah. Venom made a billion. God damn it, what do I know? Apparently nothing. <laughs> uh, someone in the chat there saying MCU spoiled to box odds. I don't think it was the MCU specifically. It's happening before that. <laughs> It happened before that. It's all blockbuster movies in general. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of the box office, you know, blockbusters that are made now just so happen to be superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, it sure as shit weren't going to be the musicals or the westerns. No. Then that's the thing. They were popular in their time. You know, you mm. couldn't, couldn't go a week without a new western coming out. Historical dramas, your Cleopatras and your Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. War movies. Yeah, war movies. Which they still try every so often to have a big blockbuster war movie. Never quite happens. What was the last one? Dunkirk? 1917. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which I guess got a lot of award consideration. I guess they're more like award darlings now than anything. Yeah. And I mean, that one even had a gimmick, too, where it's like, it's one solid shot. Yeah, even though it's technically not. Again, little little tricks here and there. (laughs) 
Uh, alright, so that was basically all the news we had for this week. Not a hell of a lot going on as we still continue to trudge through this virus era. Matt and I were even saying before we started where it's like, yeah, I guess there's going to be no big cons that aren't online anymore, so it's not like they can announce any of this shit anywhere now, can they? No, they uh, just like the Predator stuff, it just is just kind of dropped on, on social media. Yeah, here you go, everyone. Sorry we can't make a bigger deal about this, but <laughs> it's what's up. Oh, MK dragged in the chat saying he checked out that Nexium documentary. Yeah, I am halfway through episode four right now. We're glad uh, you checked it out. Yeah, episode four is the last episode. I watched that on uh, Sunday, and it's whew, it's, a, it's a thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, shit, shit hits the fan. There's federales. <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, sting operations. and <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, you didn't think that story could get crazier, but it got a little crazier. <laughs> Uh, all right, do we want to hop into what we read this week? Yeah, let's. Sure, where uh, where would you like to start, Matt? I feel like I actually did get a fair amount of books covered this week for once. So did I, so did I. Um, Well, we had, uh, what do we have? We had Batman issue 102, the beginning of the Ghostmaker story. Yes, yes, the big debut of the mystery villain who, by God, does he look like a fucking anime character <laughs> who came to Gotham, doesn't he? He looks very cool. He does. He's a cool design. Also, not so complicated that I don't think people can't cosplay him in the future, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we see Ghostmaker. He's come to Gotham, and uh, unlike Batman, who's more low-tech than ever now after losing all his money, Ghostmaker talks about basically his suit's a living computer, and he has a crime algorithm. Yep, and he's planning on using that uh, to solve every crime in Gotham. Clearly, this man never saw the movie Minority Report. <laughs> or maybe he did, and that's why he got the idea for him. This is a great idea. Tom Cruise didn't go far enough. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so we, we get to see him there. Bruce is still trying to deal with the whole not having as much money as he used to thing. Uh, what I was actually shocked by about this issue is that Harley Quinn actually comes back. She's not going away. Yeah, she comes back and has a little bit of the story with her sort of trying to rent an apartment and try and live, I guess, a normal life. Yeah, yeah, coming back to Gotham, which is actually pretty big for her as a character and everything, and uh, still more or less an ally of the Bat family. And I think it's so cool that we saw in Joker War that she was so central in helping Batman and really just kind of being a good person that mm -hmm. now that she is still in the crosshairs of Clown Hunter, who is in turn in the crosshairs of Ghostmaker. <laughs> I, I did like that 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 sort of thing with, uh, with the... The clown hunter watching Harley getting ready to kill her while Ghostmaker was watching clown hunter getting ready to kill him. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really nice touch there. And, you know, uh, Ghostmaker goes on this whole speech about how, you know, like clown hunter, you're basically everything that's wrong with Gotham City there because, you know, you're a killer who's celebrated as a champion, as a hero. And, you know, Batman let this happen and I'm going to stop you. And Batman kind of rushes on in because he still very much thinks that he can, you know, save Clown Hunter and he can redeem mm -hmm. him and kind of in by doing so, redeeming himself for the past sins of the Joker War and everything. Yeah, but well, well, the one thing I didn't get was in that um in that time when they where Batman confronted the kid, um he mentioned that if he ever mm. goes out in that costume again, he would stop him. And yes, it's it's very obvious that Clown Hunter has been active 
since Again. then. So, like, why hasn't Batman done anything to stop him? <laughs> Batman gives a lot of second chances, <laughs> you see. <laughs> Batman, he's just he's just full of second chances, don't you know? <laughs> he's a child. He thinks he can turn him into a Robin. <laughs> basically yeah it's like oh god you got such good robin potential on you kid i don't care that you killed people it's fine we all make mistakes <laughs> again just creepy batman later put on the suit put on the the fairy boots do it <laughs> i do love that the kid has just like no fucking time for him though like no no yeah i i really enjoy that uh bow isn't interested in batman at all and for good for good reason as well uh, it's not just that he just doesn't like the villain, uh, the hero. There's an actual reason why, and it's tied into his origin. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the character, and I'm intrigued to see what is going to happen to him now that, I guess, Ghostmaker is going to try and kill him. Yeah, which is the exact opposite of what I thought uh, last week, where I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe Ghostmaker will try and, like, recruit him to be his Robin. No, actually. I mean, that could still happen, but... I don't think, because, I mean, they, they could play it as that, like, oh, Bruce is trying to, like, convince this child. Well, I'm going to actually convince him to right, join right. me, and that'll, like, hurt Bruce more. But, yeah, pretty solid issue. I was about it. Yeah. Yeah, solid stuff. Uh, what else, Matt? Uh, what else did we have? We had, oh, we had Deceased Dead Planet, issue five. Yeah, yeah, we did. You know, again, just when I think I know where this story is going, just when I think I know what each issue is going to hold, Tom Taylor really throws a curveball and makes it about something completely different because the last issue was all cosmic and all about Mr. Miracle, and this issue is all about uh, Constantine and the Unkillables getting up to some dirty dirt. Yeah, yeah, and as, as Constantine says, he needs to do this plan while all the heavy hitters are off the world because they will definitely try and stop him. Yeah, because my plan is fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, and his plan involves he him gathering a bunch of different artifacts, mainly staffs, god-killing mm. staffs, um, to stop Trigon, who's coming to Earth in three days. To reap, reap all the souls before they can even cure the zombie plague, they still might get killed by that. <laughs> uh, I love they worked in Nandaparbat. Nandaparbat mm -hmm. is one of my favorite places from DC lore, and I love the little tagline, no one dies in Nandaparbat, though hilariously plenty of people die just outside <laughs> the walls of Nandaparbat. <laughs> Which is really good. We even see Ramakushna too, and uh, Constantine's like, "Ooh, that's a nice little lance of longinus you have here. It would be a shame if someone stabbed you in the stomach with it." <laughs> yeah, and then and then he quote unquote kills Dead Man uh, by sucking him into the Ragman cloak. Nice, nice callback, and also nice little bit of character for Constantine too. Where it's like, "Well, why do you have Ragman's cloak? Oh, well, it eats souls." And I figured that you know, if that things got too bad. He implies that he'd put his own soul into it. In fact, mm -hmm. he still might. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems to be where it might be going. Yeah, and uh, yeah, fucking over all these incredibly powerful cosmic beings, including a zombified Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah, yeah, seeing Freddy there was pretty good, and uh, Freddy ends up uh, killing Red Hood. Uh-oh, which, again, Constantine said, I promise no one will die on this mission who's not already dead. 
Well, I, and again, he, he killed himself by trying to have a happy marriage with Rose Wilson. He did it to himself in a Tom Taylor book. He should know better. <laughs> can't can't ever be happy, no. I do love that Damien is super on board with Rose Wilson joining yeah. the extended Bat fam. It's like, yeah, you have mountains of father issues too. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Yeah, I I, I did like that. Yeah, he, he was very, it's definitely different to what Bruce would have been like. No, it's like, I don't like it. I don't agree. I, I love that Damien is this better, more emotionally mature Batman. He's still a dick, but he, like, realizes he's a dick and tries to work through it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we talked about it, but his line from the last issue had me in freaking stitches when he's talking to, like, uh, Cassandra and Superboy. And he's like, okay, be sure both of you come back, because if only one of you comes back, I know I'm going to resent uh, the one who lived. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill the yellow one, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to resent them because I'm like that. But I know I'm like that, and I can admit that I'm like that. <laughs> good shit, good shit. And eventually even the freaking Spectre shows up because I'm like, yeah, where is the Spectre in all of this? Good point. Yeah, he's been keeping his distance. He's been social distancing. <laughs> From this zombie plague. I don't want to get sick. I might be God's wrath. I'm not going to get turned into a zombie. <laughs> yeah, and it only takes John getting the one thing in the world that can kill him to for him to be like, ah, alarm bells are ringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that even the Spectre is afraid of Constantine now. It's like, hey, looks like you got a bunch of god-killing weapons now. What do you, what do you want to do with that? <laughs> you, He's like, oh, yeah, you're all about vengeance, but you know what? So am I. <laughs> good, good shit. Yeah, Deceased Dead Planet continues to be good shit and very different from all the other ones. Absolutely, yeah. I'm so glad that they're not f just fighting zombies again like in the first series and the Unkillables. There's something different there well there's two things they've still got to do uh wrestle with the garden that's taken mm -hmm. over by goddamn penguin and all of that as well as trigon yeah there's a lot of different stuff at play here also too it's like man you know with all these different directions and everything they're going man do you think deceased could continue even after this to like a fourth part oh, where they gotta absolutely. like rebuild the world well, they, 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 last issue, they hinted at some fucking crisis or something that's coming. That's right. Deceased crisis. <laughs> I, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. In crisis on Infinite Earths, deceased version. Oh, man. Tom Taylor is just the king of this shit. And if he kept Injustice running for as long as he did, still going, in fact, I'm sure he can keep Deceased running as its own little side in print. And that's also why I'm not worried when they're like, oh, DC's moving away from like straight up continuity and everything's going to be more self-contained. Well, if they're a Tom King or Tom Taylor good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Tom King could, but yeah, Tom Taylor could. <laughs> Definitely could. Man, they're just going to have to fight it out over who gets to be the main Tom and Luther <laughs> has to change their name. <laughs> I mean, King was in the CIA, so maybe he can actually fight a little harder. But, you know, Tom Taylor, he's Australian. He's wily. <laughs> well, maybe because Tom King was in the CIA, Tom King isn't his real name. So he can just go oh, back to his old name. <laughs> my real name is Ted. Ted King. <laughs> you didn't know this. I had to protect my secret identity. <laughs> And while we're at it, Scott Snyder and Zack Snyder, you guys also got to work that out, and you guys also got to change that. Oh, we know which one's going to be keeping it. It's the good one. <laughs> the Indeed one that actually do. writes comics. Yeah, you got to fight that one out there. Too many people with all the same names. Also, Al Ewing and Eve Al Ewing. That is also <laughs> slightly confusing as well. Can we work that one out while we're at it? Because when I say Ewing now, you won't know who I'm talking about sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hell of a thing. 
Uh, all right, what else did we have after that? Uh, ooh, we had uh, one of our two X-Men books for the week, and that was, of course, uh, X-Men number 14. Yeah, um, if you read the first issue of X's Swords, you read this issue. Basically, yeah, because it's a lot of Not basically, art. it was. It was literally a reprint with, like, two new pages. T- technically, the third time we've heard this story now, because <laughs> Summoner told the story of how uh, Erico broke off from Krakoa and the big uh, Oraco supercontinent. Then Apocalypse told his version of events to the X-Men, basically telling the same story again. And now here we have Genesis's version of events, which, again, only has, like, maybe one or two new pieces of information. Yeah, nothing that really warrants, like, a full issue. This could have no. just been this is just could have just been like tagged on to like two issue to to like the Marauders issue or yeah like like split up between two issues or something. Yeah, like again, I I understand if they were trying to do like some sort of Rashomon piece where it's like no 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 you see every time you hear this story you get such a radically mm-hmm. different angle of it and it changes the way you think. No, you basically told us the see, same story three times now. See, that's the thing. That's what I thought was going to happen because in the first part that Summoner talks about, he talked about how, like, there were people... And I think even in this one, they talked about how there were, like, rumors and there were truths and lies. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to get, like, the lied version, which is the version everyone in Araco knows. Then we're going to get Apocalypse's, like, version. Self-aggrandizing which is, version. Yes, yeah. And then we're going to get the true version, which is Genesis's version. Yeah, and even but that still, it really happened. No, no, where it's like you know, Apocalypse tells his version of the story, and that is, oh, you know, I stayed behind because I was a big dick, strong champion. <laughs> then later, you find out, no, actually, they benched you because you were the weakest and you had a job to do, which you have been consistently failing at because <laughs> of the X Men. Good, good job in Sabinor. And then the Genesis story, the only thing we know for sure about this is like, oh, yeah, a bunch of the mutants actually got crossbred with the demons, a la the Urukai from Lord of the Rings. And also, I didn't put on the golden mask right away. The golden mask is the only thing that can control the demon hordes. But also, now that because I'm Annihilation, I literally can't stop. So -hmm. there's going to be no way of talking me out of the upcoming battle because I literally have to fight. Yeah, again, they they should have talked about... Genesis mentions she didn't put the mask on for a hundred years. They should have yeah. just like made the story about those hundred years. Just like yeah. like what like she was imprisoned and like you didn't talk about the character and how she was in that time and mm. why she wasn't doing all this and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, instead it's kind of all over the place. Well, because they do bring up one thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, the demons rampaged, which means the people of Erico lost faith in Genesis and sent Summoner to Earth to hook back up with Apocalypse and see mm-hmm. if anyone could come and help them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that probably would have been a more interesting story about them losing faith in this woman who had been their leader and champion for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah, yeah. That probably would have been a more interesting story. And fuck, for all we know, we probably will get that story at some point. Yeah, and it, well, definitely, it it feels like we're going to get to like issue twenty one of this series, and that's when the sword fights are going to begin. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it also kind of makes sense to you know why Genesis and the Horsemen are doing what they're doing, and not just like you know uh, trying to yeah. grow the glory of Erico, because it's like, well, yeah, Erico kind of fucked her over. And, like, didn't respect the good work that she had been doing, which I'm guessing is also why she joined up with the demons when she did and was fine just leading them into other realms. Yeah, well, again, she mentions that, like, Arako grew arrogant and ignorant because of their walls. They're like, oh, nothing 
can touch us and everything whereas she knew what was beyond the walls and mm. and all that sort of stuff so she wasn't as arrogant as them they also continue to draw a lot of comparisons between Eriko and Krakoa, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they had one precog in Eriko that ruined it for everyone because they saw the future. Oh, kind of like how Moira doesn't want it and kind of like how that could ruin everything. Oh, and they had one guy who could bring people back to life, but that power corrupted him and drove him crazy. Ah, kind of like Krakoa. And oh, yeah. they, again, grew arrogant behind their walls and, you know, stopped wanting to know about what was happening in the other realms uh, beyond them, and I'm like, oh, kind of like how Krakoa could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it feels like no one in that story has made that connection yet, where it's like, hey! <laughs> you would think someone would have by now. <laughs> yeah, they would have drawn that connection and be like, hey, I think there's some themes and ideas at play in the story, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was X-Men, and that was like, okay, we probably, this probably didn't need its own story. No, not at all. Uh, how do we feel about Marauders, which was the next one? This was at least more of a creative premise. This is all the different sword fighters who are going to be killing each other, uh, sitting down and actually having be forced, basically, by Saturnine to have a dinner with each other. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess it makes sense that they get to know each other before they have <laughs> to kill each other, because literally they have had no time to meet each other yet. Yeah, I, I like the issue for that, for just getting time for these people to meet one another, the mutants to arrogantly try and like play like try and find weaknesses to, mm. to these people they don't know so they've got to like talk with them and all that sort of stuff um i did think it was a bit on the nose that storm literally danced with death on the cover and in the actual book itself and when i looked at the cover i'm like oh that's a fun image then i read the comic oh no wait that actually happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah again it's it's a fun cover but you didn't expect it to be in the actual book <laughs> someone brought up an excellent point in my comment section i want to get your insight on this is death actually a dog-faced man or is that just a mask because you look at all the other horsemen you got war who's got a head made of fire pestilence who's got like a weird bulb head thing and then death with a dog head is that his head or is that just a mask because everyone else has weird fucking heads i don't think i don't think it's a head mainly because it doesn't have a mouth that moves true so i think it might just be like a big ornamental mask kind of like how pestilence has like the the pharaoh mask that's right yeah okay yeah boy Boy, they got the short end of the stick in those jeans that their two siblings have monster heads and they just wear masks. Unless they look even more fucked up under that than they have <laughs> to wear possible. masks. That's possible, yeah. Also, because they're Genesis and Apocalypse's children, should they not look like them? And then I'm like, well, but they were imbued with the power of the four horsemen. So that, as we have seen with other X-Men, changes your appearance and makes you mm-hmm. more monster-like. But that's like, well, how did that happen? Were they the four horsemen in name or did they also absorb the four horsemen power that made them like that? Or well, why they what the four horsemen power comes from. Exactly, because now you've opened up that whole can of worms. Uh, what is it, Hickman? Because how can there be multiple horsemen of the apocalypse at once? Or is it different rules for different planes? Yeah, I wonder if we're going to get anything in regards to like, because some of the mutants who are sword bearers have been uh, horsemen. That's right. So, yeah, like, are, we gonna, are we going to like get anything like, because that's what I, I thought we were going to get in this issue with them all meeting. It was like, oh, well, they're going to like talk with like, wolverine and stuff like that and be like hey you've been a horseman i'm a horseman that's cool (laughs) let's be friends (laughs) yeah i was first though (laughs) 
you know, it'll, it'll also be uh, interesting, too, because obviously I'm glad you brought up uh, Wolverine. He kind of acts like a dick all party long. He's drinking, and it's like, well, how's he getting drunk? Is not the whole thing his healing factor? This otherworldly booze must be amazing. And then we see that War has actually been dosing his food all see, night. Yeah, see, that that's what really confused me, because we only saw that be- being done, like, once, at least that I noticed. And I thought, like, oh, he she did it at the end, but, like, he never ate that food, so then that doesn't make any, like, is that going to play into the next issue or something? But yeah, I mean, uh, apparently she's probably been doing that all night. That was my assumption. I'm like, okay, he's been acting like a dick because they know he's a hothead and that if they <laughs> dose his food, he'll have a freak out, which he does. And if they attack the host, surely that means they are disbarred from the tournament. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he, he essentially ends up kind of killing Satinine, or at least it looks like he ends up killing her. Yeah, although I'm sure they'll have some way out of it. Wouldn't yeah, it be crazy if they were building up to this sword tournament and it doesn't happen because of that? The, the, yeah, it, this just just happened, and the next couple of events are just like like Wolverine's like trial in Otherworld. Yeah, the trial of Wolverine. <laughs> and then it just ends with him, like, is a trial by combat, him sword fighting someone. Can we, uh, can we get uh, Daredevil in as his lawyer? Can we do that? <laughs> He's got his own shit to deal with. Yeah, exactly. They call up Matt Murdock, little busy right now. <laughs> get She-Hulk. <laughs> Rich people are trying to take my kitchen. Yeah, literally. <laughs> do you mean your literal kitchen or your figurative both. kitchen? <laughs> yeah, literally both. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was those two issues for this week. They were all right, but they really kind of felt like placeholders, didn't they? Yeah, kind of got to get to that twenty-two issue for, for some reason. I'm not sure Mark why. Somehow, I uh, when I played D and D last night, I explained what had happened in the story so far to Professor Thorky, who hadn't been reading it yet, and he yeah. didn't know it was twenty-two issues. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people do. And he was shocked and horrified, and he's like a big comic book YouTuber too. It's like, why did this need to be twenty two issues? And I, and as I go into it and try and explain it to him, I'm like, wow. When I explain it, it sounds super fucking dumb, actually. It 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 does mainly because like the the first couple of issues really like built, like had all that story and everything, mm-hmm. and and then now we're in like we just got past that halfway mark, and they're like kind of like running on empty a little bit. It's it's the midway slump is what it is. It's the mm-hmm. middle slump. They just got to get to the goddamn mutant sword battle. Fights. They just got to get to the sword fights. <laughs> we're we're all Millhouse in the Simpsons. When are they gonna get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> <laughs> when are they gonna start stabbing each other? <laughs> yeah, I, I, and again, it, to make compare, I've been making comparisons to like Dragon Ball Z and like the Cell mm, games. This is absolutely yes. like. Like the forty filler episodes between like oh my God. you know Goku yes. versus Perfect Cell. <laughs> I I forgot that there's forty fucking filler episodes. Oh my God! When when they went off and fought Robot Tao Pai Pai from yeah. Dragon Ball for no yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. And like on one hand you're like, oh this is cool. I like the Dragon Ball callback. Tao Pai Pai was so cool. But also like Jesus fucking Christ, are you doing this now? Oh no. Goku has COVID. He's out of action mm. for forty issues. <laughs> you know. Man, when they when they retell that story in the future, Goku, you will have a terrible <laughs> disease, but I have the cure right here. <laughs> Turns out it was Sunny Delight. <laughs> you just needed more Sunny Delight. <laughs> uh, well, Brandon Williams, if you watched the show last week, you would know that uh, they will be ending Miss Marvel at eighteen, but probably only because the show is coming out and they want a new number one to coincide and a new creative team, probably. Absolutely. 
So there you go. See, I look at the chat every so often, and I try and answer <laughs> questions when I can. Uh, now, what else was this week? Oh, we had a big Batman book. We had uh, The Return of the Dark Multiverse. Yeah, which is going to be getting two issues a month until the end of December. God damn. I guess they must have been really fucking popular, and most of them were really good, so oh, like, I can't complain. The, 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 uh, my uh, previous reviews on those issues are still doing really well. Yeah, I guess they're just, you know, people people love crazy what-ifs, and DC doesn't do all that many what-ifs. That's more of a Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, when they do them, and they do them really well. Yeah, this uh, this one in particular, I, I, I went through such an emotional journey of, like, not actually liking it at first, but then actually really liking it by the end. See, I, I really liked it just because of the, the premise, because so, I was like, because we learned about this a while ago and i'm like how are they going to do hush in like a dark multiverse it's already quite dark and everything yeah and yeah. i love the, the the simple change of just adding the elliots into the monarch theater being there when the waynes are gunned down and how that just just spirals everything out of control it, it, it is funny because you're right it's like most of these dark multiverse stories they diverge at the end of the story or <laughs> diverge in the middle this one diverges right at the beginning, at the mm-hmm. beginning of Bruce and Thomas Elliot's uh, friendship and how that completely affects the rest of his life and means he doesn't end up becoming Batman, doesn't end up traveling the world. And Tommy Elliot, who we know is a psychopath already, basically steals everything away from Bruce early on. Yeah, ends up still killing his parents and ends up essentially making Bruce a vegetable in Arkham. Uh, so he can take his company and run as a senator and gotham is now and because of that gotham is now like its own nation like nation state state. yeah with its own like senators and presidents and everything which it's like wait are we doing no man's land now and then later we actually end up kind of doing a serious (laughs) house on serious earth as well There's fucking multiple stories in here. This, uh, the, the only people who are fighting, uh, what is it, uh, Senator Elliot anymore are the Outsiders, which is like a blind bat girl and a bunch of the other sidekicks who have become like guerrilla street fighters. Yep, they all fight in the name of Jim Gordon, who was murdered by Elliot and the, uh, was it GCP or something? Yeah, GSP uh, or something? Yeah, Gotham's last good cop. Mm hmm. Which I thought was actually quite clever. And hey, for like the fourth or fifth time, I can't keep track of it. Here's Dick Grayson if he became the Gray Son that the Court of <laughs> Owls always wanted him to be. Seriously, they've done like four different versions of that costume now. And I really like this one. <laughs> yeah, this costume is actually really damn cool. I normally shit all over costumes that use goggles. I think goggles are lazy. But these are cool because they look like owl uh, eyelashes. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And he, yeah, he's a... um. He's an owl, and he works for President Lincoln March. Again, pretty fucking cool, actually, that the owls stole the presidency with no Batman <laughs> to stop them. <laughs> Which also makes me think, wait, but that was a New 52 idea, and a Hush wasn't. So wait, this is, if Hush was also in the New 52 universe? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fucking shit at work here in this one. And uh, the only one who can stop uh, Elliot and his machinations is the Hellbat of Arkham, this weird bandage-faced monstrosity that keeps attacking all of his allies and keeps leaving uh, pieces of Zorro movie merchandise behind. <laughs> yeah, he's just a Zorro fan. He just keeps just dropping his stuff. Big Zorro fan. I love they don't even bother to explain why the hell the Hellbat wears bandages around his face, because for Hush, it's like, well, yeah, he was a surgeon. That was all he had around to cover up his identity. Why? Mm. Why does he do it and yeah. still dress like a bat? Yeah. 
Yeah. Eh. It's a cool image. Don't think too much about it. Is literally there. Uh, is is literally how they brush it off. Yeah. Um. What else? We we got um Talia Al Ghul, who's um Elliot's sort of yeah kind of girlfriend, but she's like kind of manipulating him and like grooming mm. him to be a senator for the League of Assassins, who want to take over from the Owls and install Elliot as the president works with arms dealer jason todd to try mm-hmm. and kill him which i'm like ooh, that's fun because jason todd quote unquote returned in the original hush they even do even a, though- a um a, a piece of art that's like reminiscent where he has like the two guns yes yes they do and i'm like ooh, that's fun that they put those little references in there the way they do and uh ultimately you know uh tommy puts all his shit together and figures oh i should probably go back to wayne manor and try and figure out how all of this is connected. Yeah, and he he, he finds uh, a very insane Alfred, um, who has been helping Bruce Wayne, who is very much alive and uh, faked his own death to get out of Arkham. And while he was in Arkham, he used Jack Napier, who was their handyman, which was again another yeah. New Fifty Two thing. Um, um, he used uh, Jack's connections in Arkham to learn from all of the best killers and psychos within the wards, all, all his is, skills. <laughs> which is pretty fucking genius, if you ask yeah. me, actually, where it's like, oh, he became Batman anyway, even though he couldn't travel around the world, there were plenty of people in Arkham he could learn from. And the fact, too, that he's still not a killer, he locks people up in cages, but that's only because the judicial system won't punish any of these people because <laughs> they're literally in charge of said judicial system. So I'm like, wow, the fact that this Batman doesn't kill people, that, like, makes him one of the nicer Dark Multiverse Batman? Yeah, he, he fucks him up, but he doesn't kill him. But he doesn't kill him. I'm like, wow, the, just the fact that he doesn't kill on sight makes him like a goddamn saint in the Dark <laughs> Multiverse. <laughs> And to where even Tempest Fugonaut at the end of the story is like, man, why is it in every multiverse Bruce Wayne always ends up being Batman regardless? Or yeah, it's like every, everything will change, but like that thing will just keep happening. It will just, they, what does he say? He says there's not many multiverses where Bruce Wayne doesn't become Batman and he yeah. always ends up returning to the Bat. <laughs> And, like, in, in in that, like, short line there, in that paragraph, it goes from being kind of silly to actually being super endearing in mm-hmm. a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of interesting, too, that, like, it's Batman Hush, but it focuses all on Tommy Elliot, and Batman is technically, like, the antagonist of the story. Yeah, well, yeah, it kind of reverses the roles. It's a very interesting take. It is, it is. I, I like that we, we get a little bit more time with Elliot, who's kind of a coward and and like he's not like aware of everything that's going on around him he's he's a stooge yeah he's not really a fighter he's not (laughs) really anything which tracks with his character honestly and the fact that he never had to push himself to Mm -hmm. become a hush and to do this big brain conspiracy yeah is like kind of interesting and kind of like huh i would actually rather fall around this version of hush than the hush we have in the comic who had his big plot and then has had nothing to go on ever since. He had nothing. <laughs> they should put Hush on the Suicide Squad. That would give him something to do. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Be like, have, yeah, have, you know, have, have they? There you go. There you go. Yeah, you do a story. Your next Suicide Squad. Suddenly, Deadshot is alive, but it's not Deadshot. Uh, it's Tommy Elliot using oh, Deadshot's like face. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. He's like, yeah, my life sucked and I had nothing going for me, but I can shoot guns pretty good, so I turned myself into Floyd Lawton to take his place on the team and in your hearts. Because <laughs> I just wanted love and you all loved Floyd. 
Heart of Hush was cool, but it was also just like, oh, okay, you're pushing this now as sequels go. Yeah. He had one very deep, very personal reason to go after Batman, and every time he comes back, he has less of a reason every time. Yeah, at least it's better than the the, the animated film. It's not yeah. fucking Riddler or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn, that's uh, that that in Gotham by Gaslight pissed me off because it's like, why did you change the twist endings to these stories that are why we liked them in the first place? I don't know. I think Hush would actually make sense too for the Suicide Squad because again, he's a doctor, he's a mm-hmm. surgeon, and master of disguise. He's an infiltrator yeah. and and a genius too. He can play people. Yeah, yeah, he's got quite a quite a few set of skills that a lot of the actual Suicide Squad members lack. <laughs> No, they don't. A lot of them are pretty brute force. He would be an interesting addition to the team. Mm -hmm. Shit, I just want to see Hush versus Unknown Soldier, because they both wear bandages, (laughs) and they're like, hey, people think I'm you. People think I'm you. And then Mr. Negative gets involved in all this sort of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Negative shows up at the end after they've beaten each other up. It's like, you're both stupid. (laughs) You're both really, really stupid. (laughs) Uh, what else did we have this week as well? Bum ba dum ba dum ba dum. Ooh, I read uh, the new U.S. Agent from Christopher Priest. I did too, and everyone took the wrong idea away from this comic. Yeah, as they always would. It's a comedy. It's an '80s buddy comedy. Everybody. Yeah, and the 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 writer knows it's racist. That's that's why he's writing it like this. Yes, that's why the whole character of Mori Watanabe exists so john walker can be a racist shithead but there can be another character to smack him down on behalf of the audience and yeah, tell that, him why he's dumb and wrong that's what i said in my review i like that maury is like more competent than john and yes. like we we know that straight away because he he just wipes the floor with him that's that's the joke everyone it's literally 48 hours is yeah. what this is in comic book form mm-hmm. and again you know i i i think this is actually a more complicated tightrope walk to act than priest did with deathstroke because with deathstroke it's like okay your main character is a bad guy who knows he's a bad guy but let's have fun with his villainy and let's also you know sympathize with the family and people around him that he mm-hmm. hurts here it's like no, John Walker thinks he's a hero, wants to be a hero. His heart is in the right place, but his brain is out to lunch because he's a goddamn idiot. And even if he wasn't an idiot, he would still be an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he's a goddamn government stooge. He just does whatever the government tells him to do. Literally. Which is, which is, I love how that is how he gets involved in the story. A bunch of bored government officers in some fucking courthouse in Omaha are upset that one of their bosses. Mm-hmm. move them there so like oh we're just going to activate us agent you can go because fuck we with can them. <laughs> and and he does not bother to look yeah. into it does no. not bother to do any research he just goes and does what he's told again that's that's funny that's yeah. it's funny and it fits his character yeah which again a lot of people are like oh they did his character wrong no this is how he is guys yeah that's exactly how he is how he's always been that's why he is the failure captain america that's why no one remembers him but everyone remembers bucky and sam mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even the shield he's carrying around is fake yeah I, I i do like i hope they continue with that with that idea where he just keeps getting new shield from somewhere and they just immediately uh, break the the best joke is too where it's like oh what does uh, john walker do on his off time when he's not being a superhero oh well he's chasing down a pizza-based conspiracy theory that he feels very strongly about i'm like fucking of course he is yeah he found out about that on QAnon. yeah what else would he be doing oh my god could you imagine what his uh search history is probably like <laughs> 
God damn, what's, what's he gonna be doing next issue? Well, see, I heard this thing about the frogs, right? And the fluoride in the water, and so I, US agent, will do something about this. Uh, um, I do like that the enemy is basically Walmart. Yeah, or Amazon, it's a little they're, they're taken over like a small town like what Walmart did to its hometown. And every other small town, including my small town, that they've been trying <laughs> to build one for like, goddamn, almost eight years now. <laughs> But yeah, it, it totally is, and they're like, you know, we hear, we basically see a Vice film crew go to a small mining town, and they're like, oh, we lost our livelihood, we lost everything, but then not Walmart came here, and we thought we were saved, but they used their own workmen, and they didn't even buy groceries, and ah, we're doomed all over again. <laughs> and then Captain America came, and I, I like how they referred to him as Captain America, and they're like, mm. we, we didn't know at the time he wasn't Captain America, we <laughs> thought he was, because he looked like Captain America. <laughs> Oh, Crusader Khan has the best one. He'll go punch a windmill. Yes, it's just John Walker going around. No cancer for me, windmill. <laughs> oh, goddamn you! Need, you really need a friend. You really need someone to He's vet your sources. Ripping down cell phone towers and everything, uh, and spreading oh the coronavirus. And, uh, but but no, you see, John Walker does like to wear masks. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, Walmart might be an evil company, but I love a place where I can get tube socks, chips, and batteries all at one place. <laughs> and the latest video game release. <laughs> and they don't vet it, so if you talk to the little old lady in the back and be like, yes, can I have the new release that doesn't drop for a couple days, she'll just go and get it, because she doesn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's Walmart for you, everyone. That's that's what they're good for. Also, I hope they hurry up and build this goddamn Walmart, because it's literally within walking distance of where I live, and once they Ooh. do, I can flip this property for big-ass fucking money and move somewhere else away from the Walmart. <laughs> that's the dream right there, you know, before they kill fucking Main Street here, and all the people who lose their jobs at the mom-and-pop shops have to go and work at the Walmart, because it's the only place that's hiring. <laughs> I mean, shit, frickin', uh, what is it, King of the Hill made this joke years ago. Yeah. But yeah, U.S. agent, really funny political common, uh, commentary. If you like Christopher Priest, you will like this. But as we've seen time and time again, not everyone can handle that. No, no, I, I just don't know how or why. I had people saying the comic is racist. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's the point. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is racist in the way that Blazing Saddles is. You can tell a story about a racist character and not be racist yourself. This is an odd thing in art that no one can seem to grasp. Yeah. Christopher Priest is not celebrating John Walker and his actions. Quite the opposite. He is interrogating John Walker and his actions through the character of Maury, who is the audience avatar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's That's the whole point of it. Yeah. This is how you dress down racism. This is how you do that sort of thing and say, look how stupid it is. Moore even says, there's lots of good reasons to hate me, but you're hating me because of the color of my skin. Something I can't change. You're just yeah, fucking lazy. He is very uncreative. <laughs> yeah, you're just super uncreative and lazy, which John Walker would be. And also, he's looking a lot like Wyatt Russell now, isn't he? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. The the change has happened. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's a funny book. I'm definitely going to keep reading it. Definitely. It's only a five-issue mini. Yeah, it's a short one. Which, again, that's fine. U.S. Agent doesn't need a full ongoing. No, not at all. No, he doesn't. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? I had two more. I had the new beginning to the new Power Rangers. Mighty oh. Morphin issue one. 
man, that's one of my biggest, like, you know, regrets as a comic book guy that I haven't been able to keep up with Power Rangers because I fucking love it so much and some of my favorite people write it, and yet I do not find the time to read it. Now's the time because it's, it's basically restarting everything. Um, it's a good jumping on point because now they used to be like four or five titles. They're down to two. Yeah. Yeah, there was it's Power two. Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and like two ongoing minis. Yeah, now there's only two, and that's all okay. there is. Um, this one, Mighty Morphin, is, uh, as what the title suggests, deals with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers um, as they try and figure out who this mysterious new Green Ranger is. Oh, we're back to this now. <laughs> yes, it was, it's like an introduction story that's continuing on from the, uh, the past stories, but it, it fills you in on everything you need to know right um so yeah they're trying to figure out who this new green ranger is they have no idea who it is but they did steal the dragon power coin from the command center mm-hmm. um lord zed meanwhile is in a coma thanks to the chaos crystal which exploded in his face and <laughs> like put him in a coma and almost killed him um oh, so like all right. golda and babu were in charge and they they're like oh we've if we if we get him out of the coma he's gonna kill us because we failed in our mission to get him the green ranger but if we leave him in the coma and then so we can just like leave him in the coma and it'll be fine it'll be fine just just leave him in the coma (laughs) um classic goldar and babo yeah the 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 rangers end up fighting a uh, monster called pandemonium who's a giant panda with all of these like like pikes sticking out of his back that he pulls out throws at him and everything oh and that takes me back to classic power ranger yeah. monster design pumpkin rapper pandemonium yeah. they all had the nasty night they all had like funny names yeah the green ranger shows up and ends up wiping the floor with the villain and using abilities that even tommy himself had no idea the green ranger could do mm. um and yeah, they, they, they have no idea who this green ranger is they know it's not dracon because they have dracon in his cell in the command center and they they think it is because dracon was green ranger at one point right, and right. um they it because of the timing it proves that it's not dracon so they're like back to square one they're like oh who could it be J- jason oh not jason rocky thinks it's ernie ah. <laughs> um he was a, a suspect back in the show there is a great um subplot with bulk and skull uh skull has a girlfriend now called candace and oh. um uh the again these books uh, i'm kind of familiar with the books then they've been doing like really great stuff with these characters and they're not slapstick wacky characters anymore they're actual characters with depth they're they're how they became later on in the series yeah yeah and um bulk and skull are kind of fighting because bulk doesn't like he's kind of jealous that that Mm. skull has a girlfriend now and spending time with her and everything um and it turns out that uh candace is actually an eltar and um oh holy shit and it's it's implied thanks to the beginning of the issue that she was on a team with zordon Ah. like years ago years ago which is Um, a story they never touch on and i'm shocked (laughs) they never did because yeah what what happened to eltar did any of the people from that planet survive zordon was on a proto power rangers team (laughs) why did we never get the story of the proto power rangers well again the, the the book opens with that story with uh zordon leading his his version of the rangers against like some uh intergalactic slavers oh hot damn and uh yeah that's where the the that issue ends and i don't think it picks up in this week's power rangers issue one i think that's because they've broken it into two stories they've got that story 
And then the Power Rangers book is covering the Omega Rangers, which is Jason, Trini, mm. and Zach, I think. Right. The three Rangers they originally kicked off because they wanted yeah. more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, because you said Rocky was there. I'm like, oh, shit, they've actually moved forward in time, so Rocky <laughs> is a Red Ranger now. Yeah, Rocky is there. Adam is there. Aisha is nice. there. Again, all the replace. That's mm-hmm. cool that they've actually had enough time now that they're going to actually give them the same treatment and put more character into them. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Especially uh, someone like Adam who stuck around for so long. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it's also Johnny Young Bosch who has the power <laughs> of God and anime on his side. Yes, yeah. He even looks like Johnny Young Bosch in this. Sweet. <laughs> I like it. I like everything about that. Man. Maybe I should catch up on it. Like I keep saying, I need a long plane ride or a short prison stint where I can catch up on all these Power Ranger stories. I would say just pick up this first issue because it, it like tells you everything you need to know. Maybe I should. I want to read that other like uh, Dracon story they have because, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, Anthony frickin' Birch is writing that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was what took place just before this, which I think right. sort of kind of led into it. Because right, it was right, like a right. little mini-series. Man, I gotta have Anthony Birch on the show. I'm such a big fan of Dungeons and Daddies and Borderlands 2 <laughs> and everything else he's done. I almost had him on when he wrote that Joker like one shot. I actually yeah. talked to like his uh, agent and everything, but we couldn't make that happen in enough time. Uh. One day. One day I will have all the cool people on this show. I gotta have Jeff Tremell on from uh, Craig of the Creek, and apparently Open Mike Eagle is a big fan of the show, so Ooh, fuck nice. yeah. Yeah, he just dropped a new album recently, Open Mike Eagle. <laughs> Got to get him on to talk about that. I'm endlessly blown away to find out that a famous person who has been on television and been on the things I watch and listen to is a fan of me. <laughs> and not just a fan of me, but when I was talking to him about it on Twitter, he even did my shall we thing. I'm like, oh, is that my thing I do? I do do that and everything. Holy <laughs> shit. I need a shirt that says shall we. That needs to be my thing. <laughs> I need to make it like the Austin 316 shall we 316. <laughs> Or no, shall we 616? Ah. <laughs> hey, uh, artists in the community there, get to work on that for me, pretty please. If you do that, I'll credit you and put it up on Public right away. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Which I cannot fucking believe that, that Christmas is indeed actually coming. Yeah, yeah, just a month away. In this year that goddamn disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, what, uh, what else did you have, Matt? Because I only had two more and I can go through them really quick. Uh, I had, uh, Web of Venom, Empire's End. this was one of my two. Yeah, this was a fucking terrifying issue. Yes, again, hey, what if we turned Venom into a horror comic again? What if we literally did Alien slash Advent Horizon with a bunch of extra Korean scroll characters we had sitting around? Yeah, and it it worked. It worked. (laughs) It definitely worked as a horror piece, but, like, as an actual continuation of the story i'm like met could take oh, it, it didn't this it didn't really move the the whole null no. story all that much but yeah the only important thing about it is that talos the untamed who is very <laughs> different in comics than in his movie counterpart he's no ben mendelson no uh is that he is basically one of the lone survivors of this null attack because null is working his way through his universe killing all these different planets on his way to earth and maybe just maybe the only way that they're going to defeat null is if earth and the new kree scroll empire join forces yeah again connecting up these events in really cool Mm. ways 
Yeah, yeah, in unexpected ways, too. I did not expect that uh, King and Black could be connected to uh, Empire, but they're mm-hmm. doing it in a way that actually makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and um, you mentioned it was like horror, and it, it certainly is goddamn horror. It's, it's, yeah, Event Horizon meets Aliens meets The Thing. Yeah. All these all these really great horror films and horror sci-fi films that I love. And, it, yeah, it just works with the... the, the, the uh, symbiotes just taking over this this ship and just like killing off all these no nobody kree scroll people that like you know of but don't really give a shit about i was gonna say you say they're no names and again they are very much treated like red shirts in this story in fact we even have the freaking star trek scene where they're all standing on the bridge and everything what's shocking is that no these are all actually characters that existed before and have like their oh, own yeah. Wiki oh yeah pages. oh yeah oh yeah but like Really, who's going to use, what's his name, Ethan? One of the star jammers, yeah, Yeah. who gives a fuck. Which I think that that you got to give them extra credit for to be like, oh, you could have invented a bunch of no-name characters, but you got (laughs) actual characters who existed and killed them off. And you got some characters that did um, have run-ins with with symbiotes before, Mm. like like Lands and, um, oh, who was that other one? The The other one that was in, yeah, yeah, the Space Knight Lady. Well, I think she might have survived, too. Mm-hmm. But Talos lost track of her, so again, don't be shocked if she shows up again at some point. Yeah. Yo, when's Flash Thompson going to show back up for this? Because <laughs> it seems like they're using every bit of Venom's history, except for Flash Thompson. Well, they, yeah, well, are they using bits of his history with, like, Agent Venom and stuff mm. in, in the Venom book and everything? I have to imagine he's going to be, like, he's going to show up in this... The- the rumor is, in the next issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, apparently Doctor Strange, to help out Spider-Man, is bringing someone back from the dead. Okay. And I wonder if that's going to be Flash, where it's like, okay, has he officially been dead long enough now to bring him back? Ooh, that'd be interesting. In fact, of all the corpses that Kindred has, is one of those his, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah, he's got like fucking shitload of corpses, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, got all the corpses, get all the corpses in here. <laughs> I need a corpse for everybody, eh? <laughs> Kindred is Canadian, so he drops some A's in there. That's the big twist. Uh, and the last one I had this week was Thor from Donny Cates. Honestly, yes. who didn't who didn't write the Venom book, but wrote this. Yes, yes. This uh, this is the beginning of the big prey storyline. Yes, a lot of shit goes down in this, and a lot of people in my comment sections revealed that they did not read the end of Shattered Heroes, so they were unaware of Donald Blake's actual fate. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I found a lot of people unaware that Donald Blake technically isn't human. Yeah, that he's a weird, weird Odin construct. In fairness, he was human, then they retconned it away to where he wasn't, and then him and Thor were split. And then they got back together, and that's kind of where this story is. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Thor Thor could turn into Donald Blake whenever he wanted. It's just over the last couple decades he hasn't wanted to. Yeah, he's kind of forgotten how to do that and forgotten to use that when he wanted to. This, uh, this issue used Loki to great effect, too, who's like back to being the god of stories and back to kind of being a good guy. Is that Loki book still going? Don't think so. I think that ended a long time ago. 
I think it did, but I know he had a book there at the end of War of Realms, and uh, Thor basically says, hey, can you lie for me so I can be Blake for a little bit and, you know, maybe get the pressure off me, maybe ask some questions, and Loki's like, you motherfucker, I'm trying to be a good guy, I'm trying to, like, not go back on my bad habits, you're basically saying, hey, former junkie family member, can you watch some of my heroin for me? Which I do find quite, quite funny, because... Um he got loki says he's no longer the god of like lies he's the god of stories and myths Mm -hmm. and like inherently stories and myths are lies in their own way but it's a nicer version of lies and mischief yeah so he's he's technically still in that wheelhouse and i I guess maybe thor realizes that it's like you're not fooling anyone (laughs) i tell you a story to entertain you not to hurt you but i lie and mischief you to hurt you (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we see what basically became of Donald Blake, who at the end of Shattered Heroes, uh, they kind of put him away. They put him on ice in kind of like this dream world where he could live happily forever. The only problem is is that at some point he gained self-awareness that he couldn't yeah. leave he this pleasant He broke through the Matrix. Build. He literally broke through the goddamn Matrix, and it drove him fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, because he'd, he'd always look to the sky and call for Thor, and Thor never answered him, and he didn't know why and yet drove him insane and he murdered everyone on in those neighborhoods plus uh jotun uh was it what's the, the dragon's serpent, name jorgmund uh, jorgmund yeah which they d- haven't explained how the fuck he was able to do that or even was that the real jorgmund or like what the hell is up well, with that because they do well yeah the, like the, well, this donald blake seems to have have gotten a lot of different skills now because he can he easily easily bests loki i think the idea is because time moved differently in that realm he was probably able to master himself and do some training yeah and he's he wears it wears cool yormagun scale armor which which on the offset if you just like glance at it it looks like trash bags (laughs) yeah i know he looks like a crazy fucking hobo (laughs) yeah he's big crazy hair and everything he looks great i love his redesign He's got his cane, which was his main defining thing, and he's got, like, a scalpel knife in the other, and, like, they do a really creepy bit of writing there where it's like, oh, he cut open all the denizens of this world, and when he found out it was fake, I'm like, oh, God, he literally did, like, unnecessary surgery on everyone in this world. Yeah, just to make sure they weren't real. (laughs) Yeah, wow, that is some, like, crazy nightmare fuel shit. And, yeah, Donald Donald Blake is now the new Thor villain, everybody. Yeah, and and he's... He's now also technically Thor, because obviously when Thor summons him, they switch places. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the book, Donald snaps his cane, which is the thing that would allow them to switch back. So now Thor is stuck in this dream nightmare world. So how is he going to get out of that? And, And it's even worse because his magic is failing. That's right. That's that's how you start a motherfucking comic arc is what you do. Also, good on Kate's for digging up Blake again, something that in his decade of writing the book, Aaron never even touched once. Yeah, that's really strange, isn't it? Like he yeah. and Aaron touched like literally everything. everything except for Donald Blake. <laughs> he didn't do Donald Blake and he didn't do Thunderstrike. Yeah. Which again well, are the two things where it's like, well, this hasn't mattered in forever and this is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Which shit, man, if the next arc is Thunderstrike base, I will just scream. <laughs> That's how he gets out. Th- they call in Thunderstrike to oh take down God. Donald. 
Oh my god. Yeah, you were you were the replacement Thor once before and you can be replacement Thor again. Yeah, or Donald goes for him in anticipation that he would that Thunderstrike would come up because Thor's not there. Oh, that's fun. I think I think he's dead Thunderstrike cuz like his kid was on that Asgardians of the Galaxy team yeah. using his hammer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he died, which again is hilarious cuz it's like Thor, you've been to the afterlife like dozens of times and you never looked up thunderstrike once and he never looked you up no <laughs> no we just don't give a shit about each other <laughs> man it's a shame that valkyrie book isn't still going because literally thunderstrike should have shown up in that book and being like ah jay and i know what it's like i was thor once too and no one gave me a fair shake and jay being like yeah but i'm much better than you though <laughs> <laughs> like undeniably like i held down the book for way longer than you did <laughs> And, like, they're going to make a movie about me. They're not making a movie about you, Thunderstrike. <laughs> Masterson. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, Thor from Cates continues to be uh, fucking awesome. It does. It, it's damn good. Man, our cup just runneth over on, like, good uh, friggin' Thor shit. Again, we had ten great years of Aaron, and now we got this. I know. It's like the, it's like the Thor renaissance. It really is, and like someone said, like has Thor ever been really like a triple A Marvel character? I'm like, well, he kind of had a moment when Straczynski wrote him, but that didn't last for too long. And then obviously, you know, you had the big run before that that everyone absolutely loved, you know, during like the golden age of Marvel. But no, not until like right now has he become a triple A character again. Yeah, and you, and you also have to uh, attribute some of that to the films and everything as well, yeah. making him more popular. And, and but yeah, fresh life. But yeah, he's just had like now it's he's like he's gone from creator to creator who's just like redefined the character in really cool and interesting ways. And they've all done their own thing, which yeah. blows me away. Yeah. Like some's a little bit more cosmic, some's a little bit more, you know, sword and sorcery. But yeah, like everyone kind of does their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it just goes to show what a pliable character Thor and the Asgardian set is that they can just kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fuck of a thing. It's good, good shit. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. Like, this like this story is so good where it's like, hmm, you know, when I start thinking of my end-of-the-year list, that one will probably be on it, I imagine. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm intrigued just to see what, he's, what Kate's is building to with this whole Thanos thing. Again, you know, I gotta make that video at some point. You know, the secret meta story of Donnie <laughs> Cade's books. Because literally they've all been leading up to this in one way or another. Does his new crossover book lead into this? Because it is literally called Crossover. I've been meaning to read that. I haven't read it yet, but I heard it's really great. Good things. Uh, Walt Simonson, sorry. I don't know why I, uh, what is it, friggin' uh, brain farted his name for a second. But obviously you gotta give credit to Walt Simonson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to Thor. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I, I got to make that video about uh, this secret <laughs> meta story. Because again, literally from Thanos wins to his Guardians to this to Venom, it's all basically leading yep. up to one big story. Yeah, he's got his uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, like this yeah, Venom is tied into it. There's all this stuff. I never read his Cosmic Ghost Rider, actually. The minis they did, I probably should. His Cosmic Ghost Rider was really good. Yeah, yeah, it seems like something I would enjoy. I know there was a Thanos baby. Yes, yes, it, it was the whole "can I go back in time and kill Hitler" situation, but with, with Cosmic Ghost but, Rider. But with Thanos, who, 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 who Cosmic Ghost Rider decided to strap to him and and ride around the galaxy with. Baby Yoda, he is not. <laughs> 
Seriously, Mando, you gotta feed Baby Yoda, man. He's just eating all the shit out here. <laughs> He's eating those eggs. Just eating all them eggs. Which, man, don't make me think about that too hard. Uh, uh, w- w- when does life begin in the life of a crazy alien frog creature? Is it when the <laughs> legs are a laid, or when are they fertilized? Like, how the how the fuck does that work? Baby Yoda was just ensuring that he would stay as the cute baby the main yeah, cute baby really. <laughs> i can look seriously if one of these muppets is born i ain't having this <laughs> if kermit is born i am not having this <laughs> no no which man again can we just talk about that for a second mandalorian is such a cool show with this like neo space western thing it's got going on and the music and it's like so fucking badass and then also it's like here's our cool helmeted hero talking to a big ant and a lady frog creature and like none <laughs> and of it seems fine. weird it's fine yeah, and it's little green baby goblin, and I'm just like, yeah, this is the show. This is what it's about, and it's still super fucking cool yeah. and super hard-edged, even though there's goddamn Muppets around. Yeah, and then they go and fight spiders, and Dave Filoni rides in on the next wing and saves them all. Uh, Dave Filoni and, and Appa from Kim's Convenience. <laughs> the dad from Kim's Convenience, which, goddamn, that has got to be one of the coolest fucking cameos ever. I got to be in Star Wars. Also, two random X-Wing guys who did their fucking job and saved the day. Holy shit. It's pretty cool, eh? <laughs> when does that ever happen? Oh my god. <laughs> Just two random X-Wing guys who did the jo- What's next? Are we going to have two like stormtroopers who can actually hit stuff and are excellent shots? <laughs> I mean, apparently anything goes this season. We're going to humanize the Tusken Raiders and see a new side of them. X-Wing guys are going to do their job. Yeah, we're going to have like an amazing Imperial sniper who can hit anything. Yeah. Well, technically Bill Burr was that. He was an that's true as he said he wasn't a stormtrooper he was a marksman right there you go difference he can actually hit stuff so there you go <laughs> <laughs> and on that note everyone now that you got your little mando talk there i think we can bring the show to a close yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so much for watching and listening again i swear it's on the nights that i don't think we have enough content to fill an episode we end up still filling a whole episode anyway yeah we almost go for like an hour and 40 minutes <laughs> Yeah, boy, boy, did we ever. So thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, We always appreciate it. Matt's going to try and get this one up to patrons as soon as he can uh, for both audio and video. But if it's a little late this week, we apologize because we're doing this on a Monday instead of a Sunday like we normally do. So we're Mm -hmm. under the gun to try and get it all up but uh again if you are a patron you can actually go back and watch uh, the capes and quests i did from last night i was sure to upload that one there for everyone's convenience uh anything happening this week matt anything interesting you want people to tell uh not really i'm getting my playstation 5 in two days so nice you'll have to tell me all about it i'm I'm waiting to upgrade until i get a good 4k tv for christmas because there's really no point in buying a new console if my tv is even like 4k yet that's true so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that I, I put um like miles morales and demon souls on pre-order as well so nice. i'm looking forward to get god damn that miles game looks so fucking good it looks beautiful it really does and oh no no godfall for you matt <laughs> no reviews yet which is very concerning <laughs> That's super weird that they had so much, like, production stuff ready to go. Like, here's how the armor works. Here's how play styles work. Da-da-da-da-da. But no reviews, though. Yeah. And no, like, uh, no anything else. I'm like, that's worrisome. Also, Gearbox. Mm. That's another thing. That's another thing. It's like so many game companies now. It's like, I like your things, but I do not like you. That's all right. As long as, you know, Randy Pitchford doesn't, you know, put any porn on, on the game from his special USBs. 
Yeah, I know, right? Let's not have that, where it's like, oh, God, Randy, what did you do this time? <laughs> Please don't make me watch another, uh, what is it, press conference with Randy Pitchford trying to do magic for people who could not give less of a fuck. <laughs> That's the most awkward goddamn press conference ever, everyone, if you don't it's remember. The that best was a thing press conference ever. <laughs> That's the thing. Randy Pitchford can either never do any press conferences again or only do press conferences now moving forward. <laughs> yeah, pick a card, pick a card, any card. Okay, now we're going to watch this crab fight this cat. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, that's a trick. That's an illusion. That didn't happen. <laughs> Good night, everybody. At this point, when we're talking about Randy Pitchford, I think it's time to end the episode. I think it is. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll be back again next week. Bye-bye.